The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the general, Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the Cigar City of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. I have to tell you, I am feeling pretty damn good right about now. The RNC convention was a big hit. I was very, very pleased to say the least. No, I was more than pleased. I was freaking ecstatic at Donald Trump's epic speech. I love the energy. I love the enthusiasm. I love that we have an alpha male that will represent us, that will shove it right up Hillary's large derriere, and he's not going to be like a McCain, or he's not going to be like a Romney that's going to be a wussified beta, that when he gets punched by the Dems and the Libs, he's going to sucker punch him right back and knock him on their tuchus. Right where they belong, lieutenants. I am in a good mood. I got great cigars. I've got a great libation chosen. Life is good. It is morning once again in these United States of America. Long-ash greetings and salutations. A long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio. Always pleasure. Long live the alpha. And may the enemies of pleasure enjoy a very speedy demise. I am coming to you from Command Center Alpha Humidor 1A, and I can tell you that you can tell I'm in a great mood. I'm ready to go. I am tell I am ready to go to the to the to the polling place right now and cast my vote. In fact, I'm gonna vote early and I'm gonna vote often, just like an illegal Democrat. That's exactly what I'm going to do. Well, lieutenants, we've got a great show planned for you today. A lot to get to in the first hour. Second hour, we have a very, very special guest special interview that is going to span over three weeks. About three weeks ago, I had the distinct honor and pleasure of going down to the Padron headquarters in Little Havana and spending an entire afternoon with Padron founder Jose O. Padron, who just celebrated his 90th birthday, and George Padron, Orlando Padron, the entire Padron clan, the entire Padron family. The hospitality was incredible. And for the very first time, I had the chance to really sit. We've always done short interviews with George or his father. But we just started our digital recorder, and we just went on and on, smoked some great cigars, had a conversation that turned out lasted over three hours. And we're going to cut it down just a little bit, but not much, that we're going to play over the next three consecutive weeks. I'm telling you the story about Jose O. Padron, how he founded Padron Cigars, how he had to scrape the money together, how he did it, is an American tale. It is compelling. There are parts that I didn't know. George Padron, his son, didn't even know certain things that took place. 
the stories that were being told during the interview. So you will find it to be fascinating. Again, Jose O. Padron, George Padron, Padron Cigars, next hour and for the next uh, two weeks, we will play that for the entire second hour. RNC, I got to get to it. And by the way, I should mention to you that we are recording the show, this first hour of the show, on Friday, July 22nd. So this airs on Saturday, July 23rd. Reason being is I will be on special assignment tomorrow. I am unable to tell you where I'm going to be, what I'm doing. Suffice it to say, lieutenants, you'll hear about it on an upcoming show. So therefore, it is early Friday evening, and there are some rapid developments going on. There was a terrorist attack in Munich. Right now, we know, I think, eight people dead. And last night, after watching the RNC, I thought Trump's speech was fabulous. Did he go on a little bit long? Yes, but he painted the picture. He was captivating. He was scintillating. He was energetic. He was enthusiastic. I loved his verve. I loved his perspicacity. In fact, it reminded me of me. Believe me. Believe me, it reminded me of me. Does that sound familiar? That's my Donald Trump impression. Actually, I've got to hone that. But watching it, he painted a story. He was very good. And I noticed that a number of people on Twitter said, oh, why is he screaming? Why is he yelling? And I replied and retweeted saying, that is called energy and enthusiasm. Two traits that Mitt Romney and John McCain did not possess, and they lost, and they lost big. This is not going to happen this November. But Donald Trump was great. One of the points in his speech that I found especially poignant, especially knowing what the cigar industry is going through right now, excessive regulation. Here is what Donald Trump had to say Thursday evening in his acceptance address at the RNC in Cleveland. Then we're going to deal with the issue of regulation, one of the greatest job killers of them all. Excessive regulation is costing our country as much as $2 trillion a year, and we will end it very, very quickly. Believe me. Believe me, we will end it. And if Donald Trump does a third of what he said, this country will be in great shape. No ifs, no ands, nor buts. The days when our president goes overseas and bows to foreign leaders, those days are gone. They will be gone. And I did get a kick out of the lib media. They were going bananas. I mean, on CNN, I, I have three TVs in my command center alpha situation room. And I'm able to monitor all three networks, the cable networks. So I can switch back and forth. I've got everything DVR'd. So I went back and watched CNN and, and MSNBC. And by the way, CNN, the Clintonian news network, uh, and MSNBC making sure nobody beats Clinton. Both of those networks went bananas. What a negative, what a negative speech. Van Jones on CNN, who's a fraud himself, said, I feel terrified. My reply, if you feel so terrified, why don't you go to your safe space and hide like a nice little wussified beta? They had Anna Navarro, who portrays herself on CNN as a Republican strategist. Let me ask you, what does a strategist do? Do you sit around at a desk and say, let's strategize? Aren't we all strategists? If we're in business, we're a strategist. If you're a doctor, if you're a lawyer, aren't you a strategist? We're all strategists by definition. But when they call her a Republican strategist, she is a Jeb Bushy. Big-time bosom buddy with Jeb Bush. And by the way, I do not want to see Anna Navarro's bosoms in any way, shape, or form. That is not a pretty woman. She is not eligible for entry into my harem. 
And she's, I think, dating some like uh, guy that's about 30 years older than she is. I think he's in his 70s who owns the Biltmore Hotel. So she has some connections. She knows how to play the game. CNN brings her on. But she was having a nuclear meltdown. We'll, we'll post the, uh, the video. We already I put it up on my Twitter uh, timeline Thursday evening. She was having a meltdown. I thought she was going to start crying. I thought she was going to jump out of the booth, which wouldn't have been a bad thing. But just talking about how it's doom and gloom and the negativity and almost like she was going to go to tears. And a number of the other commentators said Donald Trump portrayed the reality of what's going on. And we're seeing what happened in Munich. Another terrorist attack. Do these libs, do they want to just go into their safe space and hide and pretend everything's okay? It's not okay. And as alpha males, the one thing that we appreciate, the one thing that we always, first and foremost, are, are sure to discuss when we talk is truth. Truth. We're not afraid of the truth. People that are afraid of the truth have serious issues. They want to get everything sugar-coated. That's not reality. So if somebody asks me a question, and this has happened to me, and I'm sure as an alpha male it's happened to you as well, how many times have you, has somebody asked you a question, you're honest, and then they get all offended? I can't believe you said that to me. I, I mean, you, you, you just put me down. And my answer is no, you asked me for my opinion. I gave you an honest answer. Now, if you'd like me to lie and sugarcoat it, well, that's a different issue. Then you shouldn't say you want my honest opinion. You should say I want your sugarcoated, blatantly dishonest opinion. So Donald Trump, excessive regulation. How, how well do we know this issue right now for those of us that enjoy cigars? And the cigar industry is reeling from this right now, reeling from this. We're seeing the FDA, their, their, their predicate date that they've issued, their timelines, their, their new reports that have to be filed, and, and their, their, their special authorizations that need to be filed, costing thousands and thousands, up to hundreds of thousands, maybe even a million dollars. Nobody seems to know. There is a, an article in the Tampa, uh, I always want to say Tampa Tribune. The Tampa Tribune folded about six, eight weeks ago. It is the Tampa Bay Times, formerly the St. Pete Times. In Again, I'm recording this on Friday, so this is today, but if you're listening Saturday, which you are, it would be yesterday's Tampa Bay Times headline, Ybor City Cigar Company ratchets up, ratchets up new blends ahead of tighter rules. And they talked to Eric Newman with a picture, and they are rushing to, to release all these blends so they can meet this arbitrary August 9th, 2016 deadline that the FDA put in. That if your products aren't in the market by then, you are in trouble. You can't launch new products. Now, the good news is we've got litigation that has been filed. I feel good about that. I feel good about Donald Trump, his prospects to win the White House and the Oval Office. So we are going to be positive. We are going to be looking at the best possible outcome. I feel very good about both. But we know all about excessive regulation. And the, the one thing Donald Trump can do, if he can go into Washington and start picking away these bureaucrats and these unelected government lifers who look at you and I, the tax-paying citizens, the shareholders in this nation, the people that pay their salary, if he can get rid of these people... That would be a major, if that's all he does in four years, that would be a major win. Because what we have found now is a government bureaucracy that is out of control. We are the enemy to these people. These unelected bureaucrats, they look at us as the enemy. We're the nutcases. They know what's, they know what's best for everyone from their little government cubicle in Washington, D.C. 
We know better than that. These people couldn't last three seconds in the private sector. And it's about time we get a private sector president into the Oval Office. And as Donald Trump would say, believe me, he gets in with business people that know these regulations, that are sick of these regulations, that are stifling this economy. I guarantee you this country will explode. And let's hope we can get rid of these FDA regulations. Now, when we come back, I'm going to talk about Ted. Lion Ted. My wife Heidi is just about to join me. When we come back, we'll talk about Ted. Got a whole bunch of other things that we'll get to, including some safe spaces in Cleveland. Tell you about the Officers Club selection, a couple of new cigars. A lot going on, lieutenants. As you can tell, this five-star is fired up. And by the way, I am no longer America's general. Thanks to Lieutenant Telly down in Australia, he has named me the Global General. So effective immediately, this five-star is now known as the Global General. We will continue with your Global General and the Global Alpha Male around the corner. The 2016 Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, is Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets now at CigarDave.com. This is Rocky Patel. On a daily basis, our personal rights, freedoms, and privileges are being taken away by the government, by the people who don't want us to enjoy the fine things in life. Cigars. Guess what? Socialism stinks. Cigars don't. So in order to celebrate life, we decided to release the freedom. This great cigar from Nicaragua has tones of coffee, spice, pepper, with a great underlying sweetness. It's got a beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, fillers from different parts of Nicaragua, and guess what? It's priced very fairly. So go out and celebrate the fine things in life and enjoy your freedom by lighting up a Rocky Patel freedom. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General warning, cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in into the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo River Works in Buffalo. We will see you there. It's an exquisite day here at the Jensen Estate patio overlooking the 13th green. And we're underway. Jim Jensen is 
chosen his favorite stick. The Diamond Crown Number no. 4 by J.C. Newman. See the way he holds the cigar, Tom? Mm -hmm. Excellent balance and heft. Ooh, he's eyeing the Silky Connecticut Shade Wrapper, fermented twice for the smoothest, richest flavor. And hand-rolled by the Fuente family with a blend of six to seven distinct Dominican and Caribbean basin tobacco leaves. Each lovingly aged for at least five years. Oh, now Jensen's lighting up the Diamond Crown. He's got a precision burn, Tom. Mm, those highly complex flavors with hints of dark chocolate really deliver, Bill. Yes, like all cigars in J.C. Newman's premium Diamond Crown line. That'd be the highly rated Maximus and the Julius Caesar. Ah, now Jensen's settling in, rolling the rich smoke through his nose. Look at the satisfaction on his face, Bill. Oh, a thing of beauty, Tom. Experience the premium Diamond Crown brand by J.C. Newman at select retailers or Diamond Crown Lounge near you. Find us on Facebook at J.C. Newman Cigar Co. or visit DiamondCrown.com. It's three weeks until the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars, invades Buffalo River Works. Get your tickets today at CigarDave.com. That is going to be an awesome event. We are less than a month away. You got to get your tickets now because the brand new Rocky Patel 55 will make its worldwide debut at the Alpha Pleasure Fest Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. live broadcasts. All-inclusive ticketed VIP event, incredible buffet, great cigars, great libations. It is the place to be. Go to CigarDave.com right now. All the info, tickets are moving. And as I've been saying the last two, three weeks, please, when we sell out of these tickets in the next week or two, please do not email me saying, I missed it. Can you open up some tickets? We limit this event because we want it to be an intimate, one-on-one, -on -one, very exclusive event. Guarantee you'll have a great time. Now. Got to finish up talking about politics this segment. Don't want to talk all politics this hour, and we won't. But because the RNC was so big, I have no choice. And I enjoy talking about politics now and then. Watched every single second, start to finish, multiple networks the entire week. Could not get enough. In fact, if that was programmed seven days a week, with the exception of football Sundays, I would be watching it seven days a week. But we have to talk about Ted Cruz. Ted Cruz infuriated many with his self-centered speech, his narcissistic self-centered speech. Ted Cruz, I got to get that Cruz, got to get that measly Ted Cruz, essentially committed political suicide. But fear not, because there's life after politics for Ted Cruz. Because I, Ted, am going to welcome you to our Ted Cruz, a seven-day cruise to political nowhere. It's going to be a wonderful seven days. You'll join Heidi and I every single morning for our Bible breakfast. We'll start the day with scrambled eggs and scripture. God bless this beautiful breakfast buffet. I will personally bless the bacon and the sausage and the eggs and the fruit and the bagels and the Nova 
and the cream cheese. I will be blessing everything. God bless orange juice. God bless the chafing dishes. God bless the restaurant. I'll be blessing that. And if you think your day is done, you've got it wrong. Because Heidi and I will then go from our Bible breakfast to our poolside pep talk. We'll talk about the 119 conservative principles that you should talk about with your family every single day. It's going to be riveting. And then we really let loose because we'll go on the Lido deck for happy hour and we're going to be sipping some delicious, cool, refreshing kitty cocktails. No alcohol for Heidi and I would be of biblical proportions, but it's going to be a fantastic time on the Lido deck. In fact, God bless Captain Steubing. God bless our cruise director, Julie McCoy. God bless Dr. Bricker, because I have to tell you, when I went on my first Ted cruise, I got something itching down south there, if you know what I mean. Something was getting pus-filled, and Dr. Bricker was kind enough to give me a shot of penicillin, and Heidi and I had a great time after that, went to town, because Heidi was a little bit leery of going down to that area with all that pustule-looking, disease-like critters down there. But also want to thank Gopher. Gopher's done a great job, and we can't forget our bartender, Isaac, making those great kitty cocktails. And the evening is going to get wild. Heidi and I are going to be in the discotheque. It's going to be great. We're going to do the electric slide. We're going to do the hustle. Of course, we will not be dancing close because we will also be chaperoning all the other adults. It's the Ted Cruz, the seven-day political cruise to nowhere. Join Heidi and I. God bless Heidi. God bless the RNC. And God bless what was my promising political career. Couldn't resist. Had to have a little fun with, I don't know, just listening to him now. I almost want to just say, God bless all of you alpha males. Cannot help myself. But Ted Cruz is done. What a horse's ass. Horse's ass. And Sheldon Adelson, who wrote a lot of checks for him in his campaign, who he's been wooing, big supporter of Israel. He essentially tell him, told him to go to hell by not letting him into his luxury suite after Ted's speech. Ted Cruz, persona non grata. Bye-bye, Ted. Your political career is over, and frankly, I'm thrilled. Because you are really getting on my nerves, and Heidi is ready to divorce you. Enough of Ted, enough of the RNC. When we come back, we got some other exciting things that we will get to. I will tell you about some announcers getting grossed out by what a golfer did. We all play golf. We smoke cigars. Maybe you put your cigar on the, on the ground. Something you shouldn't do. We'll continue around the corner. The Cigar Dave Officers Club selection this month is a Cornelius and Anthony sampler, including the Daddy Mac. The Daddy Mac is a medium to full-bodied cigar with a layered complexity of sweetness and spice that dances on the palate. The Cornelius and Anthony Daddy Mac has a Brazilian wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and Nicaraguan filler. Not a member of the Officers Club? Get these premium cigars shipped directly to you every month by signing up today at CigarDave.com.
1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. As I listen to this song, I remember exactly where I first heard it, and I remember where I bought it. Give you a quick story here. Just celebrate our 21st anniversary. Probably just around 20, 20 and a half years, about 20 years ago, down in South Florida, was attending a big cigar event on Miami Beach. When it was done, a whole group of us went to the Forge. Very big nightclub restaurant. Very happening. Still there. And they started playing this in their nightclub. And I went up to the DJ. I go, this is great. This would be perfect for my show. It's called Dancado Lambada. It's got a nice, nice beat to it. Good walking song, running song. Love it. Very up-tempo. And again, I'm very up after watching the RNC and watching... The next president of the United States, Donald J. Trump. By the way, I've decided until the election and the inauguration, I'm going to go by Cigar J. Dave. That is my new, that is going to be my new name. Not Cigar Dave, Cigar J. Dave. J is the middle initial. May as well. Let's get into Donald J. Trump mode. All right. I have just selected a cigar that is our July Officers Club, one of the Officers Club selection. They come from Cornelius and Anthony. Great story behind this new boutique brand. First of all, this was founded by Stephen Anthony Bailey from Virginia. His family, the Bailey family, one of the oldest names in American tobacco heritage. For over 150 years, his family has been involved in cultivating and growing tobacco in Keysville, Virginia. So a lot of history. And Stephen loves cigars. He brought on Courtney Smith, one of the great people in the world of cigars, and together they have created some magnificent 
blends and brands. And the first one they really launched that Courtney had her hands on was the Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius, which is made at El Titan de Bronze down in Little Havana. Sandy Cobus, my very good friend, makes great cigars down there. Outstanding. So the Cornelius, interesting story behind that. Premier release made down in Little Havana. And this particular cigar is medium-bodied in flavor. Uses a beautiful Ecuadorian wrapper, Ecuadorian binder, and magnificent Nicaraguan fillers. Layered complexity, nice notes of sweetness, a little bit of spice, buttery, smooth finish. It comes in three sizes. The Robusto, a Corona Gorda, which is 5.5 by 46, and my favorite, the Toro, a 6 by 50. And not only did I get my Officers Club selection, because being the general, the global general, I get a selection every month. I get more than that. But I get a box in the mail a couple of days ago from Courtney with a note saying, General, hope you enjoy these little goodies. And a bundle of Cornelius and a bundle of their other cigar that's featured in the Officers Club for July, the Daddy Mac. And we'll get to that in another couple of weeks. We'll be smoking that one as well. But the Cornelius and Anthony, they got a whole bunch of new brands coming out. We're going to have Stephen Bailey. We're going to have Courtney on the show. Watch this boutique brand. I'm telling you right now, their cigars are phenomenal. I will enjoy this particular cigar, the Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius, in the, uh, I think the 10 to $12 category for this cigar, maybe a little bit north of that. So you're getting a great deal being a member of the Officers Club. If you're not a member of the Officers Club, do not wait. Go right now to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, join $22.95 per month. You get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. So today, I'll enjoy the Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. You know, this is Ted Cruz, and I need a new career. After my political career is done, I think I'm going to get in the cutter business. It's going to be called the Ted Cruz Cutter. That's right. You just put it in, and as soon as you cut it, it says, God bless the cut of that cigar. I will use myself sharpening double-edged stainless steel geek. I'm telling you, I'm going to start talking like Ted Cruz for the next week. I'm going to get very nasally. I'm going to wake up and say, good morning, and God bless you. God bless this coffee, and God bless my eggs. We'll continue. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Tanya Heidi just loves when I take my, my little torch here and I toast my cigar and gets her very warm in certain parts, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I got for the Cigar Dave. All right, that's it. No more Ted Cruz. I'm done. I've got my Cigar Dave signature lock and load. This is one of the original ones. Small, fits nicely in the hand, just beautiful. It's got uh, three little flames, but does a magnificent job. It's got my name etched in it. That's what I will use today on my Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. All right, here comes the cut. Perfect cut, but I have to tell you, the CNN and MSNBC analysts are about to go on the air now saying... That cut, the way he destroyed that cigar, the end of the cap of that cigar, that triple head cap, it was dark. It was dangerous. I feel scared. I feel afraid. They're afraid of my cutter, lieutenants. I suggest they all go to the safe zone. And there was a safe zone 
in Cleveland during the RNC on a college campus. Surprise, surprise, I'll tell you about that in a minute. But let me break out my litation device here. I'm going to gently toast. Did, actually, uh, did I say go throttle up? Did we do that liner, Sergeant Steve? We did. Okay, thank you. I'm just getting distracted with all the other comedy routines I'm putting in the show today. All right. So let me toast. Yes, God bless the cop. God bless Don Rickles and his great comedy. You know, Heidi and I didn't really get Don Rickles, but every so often he fires up a good zinger. All right. Let me toast the foot of this Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. All right. Gently toasting it. Oh, very nice. Oh, the aroma coming right off. Ah, smells delicious. Absolutely magnificent. Again, I'm allowing heat to cause combustion. I'm not putting the flame directly into the foot of the cigar. And one thing about all these cigars at El Titan de Bronze, they go through a draw tester. You won't get a bad cigar coming from El Titan de Bronze. All right, puff and rotate now. Mm. Oh, yeah. Great draw. Wow. Nice notes of spice. Mm. Let me blow on the foot of this cigar. Needs just a little bit more. We want a nice, even amber glow across the foot of this cigar. Well, once more time. One more time. Perfect. Oh, yeah. That's good. And I know what will go perfectly with this Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, there was an interesting picture floating around at the RNC convention in Cleveland of former Notre Dame football coach, former South Carolina football coach. He was even coach of the New York Jets for a year. He was also coach of the Minnesota Golden Gophers, I think the Arkansas Razorbacks, and a former ESPN analyst, Lujos. Let me tell you something. I love Ted Cruz. He's fantastic. I'm telling you right. And Donald Trump was great. And now I'm getting into all sorts of impressions. Well, there's a picture of Lou Holtz walking around the convention center floor, and in his left paw, he had a crown royal purple velvet bag. And a number of people thought it was probably a bottle of crown royale. Well, I know that I use my crown royal bag, one of my many. I've got a large one that I use actually to put some microphones, my headsets, other various broadcast accoutrements that I need in the preparation and the conducting of broadcast maneuvers, and I'm sure that's what he was doing. And he was always using, probably using it as like a man purse, a merce. But we won't fault Lou for that. But picture made the rounds, we'll post it. So it got me thinking. Crown Royale would go perfectly with this Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. And of course, Crown Royale, the whiskey of choice for my grandfather's cigar aid. Crown Royal blended Canadian whiskey. Originally created Back in 1939, when King George VI and the Queen Elizabeth visited Canada, Crown Royal was introduced by Samuel Bronfman, the founder, the president of Seagram, as a tribute to their royal vi uh, visit. So, Crown Royal, get it? Crown Royal, Royal Visit, the Crown. Only available in Canada until 1964. Now, how was it that my grandfather, Cigar Abe, was able to get it well before that? Well, living in Buffalo. You could get it in Canada, and he could bring it over. Maybe not legally, I don't know. But he brought it over, and I remember from the time I was a kid. I mean, I was born in 1964. He always had his crown royale. Now, it used to be made in Waterloo, Ontario. Now it's made in Gimli. 
in uh, on the shores of Lake Manitoba, eh? Lake Manitoba. You're actually Lake Winnipeg in Manitoba, eh? It is cold up there, very, and the water there, it is very, very cold. It's very nice. You're going to love it. It's fantastic. So this is what I will enjoy today, the Crown Royale. Now, they have a number of different blends, and as I tell you about them, I'm going to first open up the bottle here. I'm going to pour it in here. Ah, outstanding. I've got it in my little whiskey snifter. That's the only way to enjoy a little whiskey. Actually, you could put it in a in a regular cognac snifter as well. You cannot go wrong anyway on this. Take a little sniff. Hmm, wonderful aroma, a little bit of sweetness. It's a very mild Canadian whiskey. Not too much rye, but I find it very pleasant. So they call their basic Crown Royal their Crown Royal Deluxe. They have the Crown Royal Black, which is a little bit more full-bodied. And they now have their Northern Harvest Rye. One of my favorites is the Crown Royale XO, which I very much enjoy. It is an elegant whiskey, very, very uh, notes of cognac, very, very nice. What I do not like, and I think that Crown Royal has destroyed their brand, is by Crown Royal Apple, Maple, and Honey. The first time I bought the, the Maple, I thought it was going to take... By the way, let me say cheers here one more time. Take a sip. Mm. Oh, that is good. Nice accompaniment to my to my uh, Cornelius and Anthony Cornelius. But the Crown Royal Maple, I bought a bottle thinking that it was aged in maple barrels. Was I ever wrong? It tasted like Aunt Jemima pancake syrup or log cabin. Like they literally took the crown and took a giant vat of log cabin maple syrup or Aunt Jemima or Mrs. Butterworth's, you name the syrup, and just opened up the spigot and just dumped it in there without any hesitation. And it tasted horrible. They killed, they desecrated some fine Crown Royale. So I will stay away from that. But I can tell you, they've got their Reserve, which is good, their XR, their Noble Collection, very, very limited. And I've tried them all, and they are all excellent. But you can never go wrong with the Crown Royale Deluxe. They're basic in the purple velvet bag. And I remember from the time I was a little, little kid, my grandfather's cigar, Abe, would give me the bands from his cigar, the cigar boxes, and always give me the little Crown Royale velvet bags, which to this day I use. All right, lieutenants, let me tell you something very quickly about uh, one other thing about the RNC. Uh, we talked about the fact that a number of the CNN commentators and MSNBC were, were just having meltdowns, and one of them said, I, I, feel, I feel unsafe, I don't feel secure, I feel... Uh, I feel afraid. They went on and on and on. I mean, a little melodramatic. Well, Case Western Reserve, which is a very well-known academic institution, nice, uh, good university, four miles from downtown Cleveland near the Quicken Loans Arena. In their internal e-newsletter, they inform students, professors, and administrators that the social justice, the school social justice institute will host a safe space in the basement of Crawford Hall for the duration of the convention. It's a concrete-laden building, so therefore, in the basement, they'll be secure. They'll be safe. They'll be their little cocoon, just like being in mommy's womb. They'll be safe because we know how scared and afraid they are being outside in the public and in the summer heat. We don't want them to wilt. We don't want them to melt, do we? No. So, thankfully, Case Western Reserve University as a safe space. And maybe the CNN and MSNBC commentators and all the other network commentators, maybe they all went over there 
to enjoy their safe space. Maybe they didn't stay at fancy hotels. They lived in the safe space. How convenient and how cute. And how pathetic that a college has to have a safe space. By the way, where were all those big where all those big riots that everybody was saying? The big disruptions. There were none. And they showed a protest yesterday, supposedly the biggest protest of the week. There was like 13 people. That was it. There were more media that were covering the event than the actual protesters. But I tell you, I think there's going to be some big protesting at the DNC. I think the Bernard Sanders fans, the Bernard Sanders supporters are going to go crazy. They're going to disrupt. They're going to drive Hillary crazy. They're going to go nuts. I'm telling you this right now. My supporters are very loyal to me. They are going to protest. They're going to jump up and down like little kids. They are not going, they are not going to leave the arena until either I am nominated for president or they get a bucket of Ben and Jerry's ice cream from Vermont, my home state. One of the two. All right, lieutenants, when we come back, got to tell you something that will absolutely gross you out. It's kind of funny. We will get to that as we continue. Don't forget, we are just now about uh, three weeks away from the Cigar Dave, or four weeks away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest. Three weeks, I'm sorry. We are three weeks away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water in Buffalo, going to be a great event when we come back i'll tell you about it you are going to want to come in for this event it's a great weekend downtown buffalo is happening it is alive it is vibrant and we are going to have a magnificent time if you're a wussified beta stay the hell away you're an alpha you are more than welcome we'll tell you about it right around the corner if you miss any of the general show you can catch up anytime with the cigar dave mobile app presented by diamond crown listen to the most recent show simply by opening the app with our continuous replay or you can download a podcast of a past show search cigar dave in the app store to get it hi this is rocky patel i'm here with my brother nish and my cousin nimish and we're talking cigars guess what they want me to vote on what my favorite cigar is. It's tough, but I'm going to go with the Decade. I love it. It's rich, decadent, and smooth. Rocky, you know what? The Decade's a great cigar, but the 15th anniversary, that's the cigar. That celebrated your 15 years in business, and I got to tell you, it's my favorite. You know what, Nish and Rocky, you both are wrong. The best cigar is Freedom by Rocky Patel. This cigar delivers a lot of spice, a lot of flavor, and in my opinion, it's the best cigar we make. As usual, we can't agree. But guess what? There's a great cigar for everyone. I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigars are not a safe alternative to cigarettes. As a cigar connoisseur, one of the pleasures that we derive is walking into our retailer's humidor and seeing the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Nine years ago, I had the idea that I wanted to share great cigars with the cigar lieutenants. So, the Officers Club was born. Every month, you will receive three fantastic premium cigars direct to your door, shipped in a very dapper Officers Club customized Ziploc cigar pouch. $22.95 per month gets you the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. No long-term contracts, 
You can cancel whenever you want. You enjoy great cigars right to your door. Names like Perdomo, Diamond Crown, Brickhouse, San Latano, Rocky Patel, Torano, CAO, Avo, Camacho, Greycliff, and many more. Join the Officers Club today. Go to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, and for $22.95, you'll get the latest and greatest in the world of cigars. Hi, this is George Padron from Padron Cigars. Join us on the next hour so we can explore the history of Padron Cigars with myself and my father, Jose O. Padron. That is the first of three one-hour interview segments. I'm telling you, you will be fascinated at the Padron story. I was fascinated and captivated when Jose Padron tells you about what he did to be able to afford to start and get a storefront and a little factory. What he had to do took him a while, but it's a fascinating story. You will want to stay there. Even if you don't smoke cigars, even if you don't are not interested in cigars, you'll love this American tale because it is a great, great American success story. Uh, as I mentioned uh, earlier in the show, lieutenants, I am actually, uh, if you're listening today, Saturday when it's live, I'm, I'm recording this Friday uh, uh, early evening because I'm on special assignment actually today as you listen and uh, I cannot get into it. It's a classified mission, but suffice it to say, you'll probably hear about it down the road on the show. However, uh, as we know right now, there was a terrorist attack in Germany in Munich. And here's what I know so far, and this may change by the time you hear it, but I want to make just I want to talk about this momentarily because it's enough of this putting our heads in the sand. Three gunmen who are on the loose as, as I speak right now, again, this is as of Friday early evening, are on the loose. Supposedly one has killed or been killed, killed himself, we don't know. But they went into a McDonald's in a mall in Munich, Germany. One of them said, I am German, and said, Allah, Allahu Akbar. And he proceeded to execute children, point blank, killed nine so far that we know about. Could be more. And they are, again, on the loose as of right now. But I want you to think about this. Enough is enough of this already. I mean, this is what happens when you allow people, and I'm going to call it like it is, when you allow Muslims to come into a country unabated, with no restrictions on immigration, and there are no, you can't let people in nonstop and not allow them to assimilate. If they don't want to assimilate, don't let them in. And I'm sorry, I'm getting tired of hearing people saying, and Obama saying, well, most Muslims, okay, we get that. But why is it that every damn terrorist seems to be a Muslim? That's the reality. Radical Islamic terrorism. And we, Trump is 100% right. We need to shut the borders because it doesn't take 100 or 200 or 500. It takes one. It takes two. It takes three. It takes 19. And we can't afford that risk. I'm sorry. I don't want to go into a movie theater worried about, and we've seen it with other things going on, domestic terror, if you want to call it that, kids that snap. I don't want to have to worry about when you go into a mall or you go into see a movie or a restaurant. These people will never assimilate. This nonsense where we have to give them jobs, where we have to, we have to welcome them, bull. I'm sorry. We don't want them. 
Every other ethnic group that has come into this country, I don't care if they're Jewish, if they're Italian, they're Polish, they're Catholic, they are, they're Sikhs. You name the country. They have come into this country and wanted to assimilate and become American. We see too many Muslims and radical Islamic terrorists that don't. I'm not going to say everyone. We know that. That's a given. But there are too many damn rotten eggs in the bunch to let them in. That may be politically incorrect. I don't give a damn. And if Kerr wants to come after me, I'll invite you to come on this show and I'll be happy to debate you. But I guarantee Obama's going to come out and say we shouldn't cast the entire religion in one broad stroke. Kerr's going to come out saying we condemn this, yet it happens over and over again. All right, I couldn't get to the one story about these announcers on a golf course. I'll get to that next week, lieutenants. That I can promise you. Don't forget, three weeks away from the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Buffalo Riverworks. Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., downtown Buffalo. It's going to be a great day. The new Rocky Patel 55 will be launched. Full alpha male lunch buffet. We're going to have samplings from Hamburg Brewing, including the General Dave Alpha Male Ale. We're going to have great bourbon tastings from uh, from Woodford Reserve at Old Forster, Jack Daniels. We're going to have a great special commemorative gift, logo gift we just ordered. You're going to love it. It is going to be a fantastic time. Go to CigarDave.com. Check out all the info and buy your tickets. Cigar Dave, Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water, presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and our local sponsors as well. Our number two of the Cigar Dave Show special Padron interview. Stay there. Don't go away. The Cigar Dave Show podcast is presented by Diamond Crown. Sit back, relax, pour a drink, and light up a Diamond Crown as you begin the show with the General. Cigar Dave. This is CCRN, the Cigar Connoisseur Radio Network. Broadcasting from Humidor 1A in the cigar city of Tampa, Florida, U.S.A. Welcome to the Cigar Dave Show, your weekly excursion into the world of cigars, spirits, and diversions. The cigar and pleasure-friendly hotlines are open. 877-DAVE-007. Now, fire up a cigar and pour yourself a cocktail. It's time for the General Cigar Dave. Well, we have a very special hour planned for you. This is going to be the first of three one-hour interview segments that I had the privilege and pleasure of conducting down at Padron headquarters with Padron founder, Jose O. Padron, and George Padron, and the entire Padron family. You will find it fascinating. What a great tale. They started from very modest, humble beginnings, and they have turned into one of the premier cigar manufacturers. Even if you don't smoke cigars, you will love this truly American story. Quick reminder, the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest is coming up quick in Buffalo, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. at Buffalo Riverworks. We'll be launching the new Rocky Patel 55, a great day of Alpha Good Life Maneuvers. Go to CigarDave.com for tickets and info. We have a very special hour for you on the Cigar Dave Show today. It is my pleasure and delight to have left Command Center Alpha in the Cigar City to come to the other Cigar City, 
few hundred miles south of Tampa. I'm in Miami, Little Havana, and it is a delight to be at Padron Cigar Headquarters in Little Havana, where this is really the first opportunity I've had an op a chance to sit for an entire hour to speak with Joseo Padron, the founder of Padron Cigars, and George Padron, and uh, speak with the entire Padron family, because the Padron Cigars have been synonymous with incredible quality, with impeccable standards, and there's an incredible story behind it. I always say there's not just, it's not just about making cigars, but there's a story behind it. And Joseo Padron's story is a classic American success story coming from Cuba with little but working hard using a very important tool, El Martillo, the hammer, which we will talk about very significant in the history of Padron cigars. So without any further delay, it is my pleasure to welcome Joseo Padron and George Padron. Gentlemen, always great to see you. Hello, Dave. Uh, it's nice to have you here in Little Havana in our headquarters. I'm happy that my dad is here with us also to, to hopefully enlighten you a little bit more about the Padron story and your audience as well. So I know the Padron story, but I know our audience is going to love the Padron story. And you've just celebrated two very important milestones. A year ago, two years ago now, 50th anniversary of Padron Cigars, founded in 1964. And your dad just had his 90th birthday a few weeks ago. So two very big milestones. Well, absolutely. And, and I'm happy that my dad is here with us to share it and to experience all the hard work and all the fruits of his, uh, of his labor, that there are many consumers out there who uh, love our products and that also appreciate uh, the work that goes into making them the quality products that they are. George, one thing that I've always been impressed with about the Padron operation, whenever I've come to visit you, it is your dad, Joseo Padron, it is you, it is your brother Orlando, you have your mother's been here, you've got sisters, you've got family, everybody oversees a part of the operation, and it starts with your father. He checks almost every cigar that comes in, and I remember asking you early on, George, why are you cellophaning the cigars here? That's an added cost when you could do it at your factory in Nicaragua, and your answer was... Well, I mean, we have employees that we've had here for many years that we consider family. Um, you know, over the years, there have been some changes made to how much we do here. But, uh, you know, we like, to, we like to keep close control of our quality. And that allows us the opportunity to do an, an extra revision on the products and make sure that there's no broken cigars or anything that will go out to a retail store in bad condition. Three big things happened in 1964. The invention of the buffalo chicken wing in Buffalo, where I'm from, in February of 64. I was born in 1964, and your father founded Padron Cigars in 1964, later in 1964. That was a pretty big year, George. Yes, absolutely it was. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I think my father, uh, he understands, you know, the, where we are today and he appreciates it. And he, he appreciates the many consumers that constantly reach out to him to thank him for making the product that he does, which for him is, I think, the greatest uh, gift that he can get is people telling him that they love his product. Let's go back to your father originally in Cuba. So I'm going to have you translate, George, for your father. So ask him to tell us... Uh, how he left Cuba, came to the United States. Papi, él quiere saber cómo tú saliste de Cuba y cómo viniste a los Estados Unidos. Esa historia, la historia de cómo saliste. Salí de Cuba en el año 61, el día primero de abril. Era un sábado, un sábado de gloria. He left uh, Cuba April 1st, uh, 1961, which is a Saturday. Remembers the day. He remembers the day. <laughs> Fue a España en, en un avión de, 
el avión era de, la línea aérea española. Ahí estuve nueve meses en España. So he, he left Cuba and he went to Spain and he lived in Spain for nine months. I didn't know that. That I never. I thought he came directly to the United States. No, no, no. And what what precipitated him going from Spain to the United States? So he, he was a member of the Revolutionary Army in Cuba. He was a lieutenant. He was afraid that if he came to the U.S. that he would be expelled because of uh, the fact that he had at one time been, you know, which again, many people may not understand the, the dynamics of that, but there are many people who were in the same situation as my father that at one point fought with the rebel army or with the revolutionary army and then later re realized the reality of the situation and sh and changed uh, positions because they understood what was coming. So he, he went to Spain because for that reason and also he had a relative in Spain that he said he was going to go collect uh, an inheritance. The inheritance was hard work for 52 years. <laughs> that's, the, that's the inheritance. La herencia que te cogiste fue mucho trabajo por los próximos cinco años. Hasta pedir limona en España. He says he even asked for money in Spain, begged for money in Spain, uh, to put it in, in, term, in context of the condition economically that they were in, uh, you know, him and some other Cuban refugees that went to Spain. It's interesting you mentioned that your dad was part of the Revolutionary uh, Army because many business people, including many people in the cigar business, thought that Castro, when he was going to come in, was going to be a good thing for the country. And little did they realize that uh, as soon as Castro got to power, confiscated their businesses and things changed. And as they say, the rest is history. But did, was your father involved in cigars or the cigar industry in Cuba? Yeah, que él quiere saber si en Cuba tú tenías negocios de tabaco. No, en Cuba lo que teníamos era lo, lo más importante del tabaco. Siembra, proceso de curación y despalillo de cogida. En Cuba no era negocio hacer una fábrica de tabaco, porque un tabaco se vendía 25 centavos. In Cuba, then he never manufactured. Our family never manufactured cigars. What what we did do was what he considers probably the most important part of the tobacco business, which is growing the tobacco, curing and fermentation, and then sorting and deveining. For him, was that's what our family did. And then in turn, sell the finished, you know, tobacco, fermented tobacco, to the factories that would make the cigars. And thus, he was able to vertically integrate. So down in Nicaragua, you've always had your own farming operations in addition to the rolling operations and distribution. So because of that knowledge, he really had a leg up on, on other people that weren't as familiar with growing their own tobacco, which probably is the hardest part of the entire process. Right, que, que él dice que eso seguro que te ayudó mucho años después cuando abriste tu fábrica, que te dio una, un conocimiento de lo que es la parte más difícil, que es tener tabaco. Eso era, mi, eso era mi, mi oficio, curar tabaco. He says that that y aquí was... eh, eh, los tres primeros años fue un desastre, hasta que me encontré en Nicaragua. He says that that was his job. I mean, that's what they did. They were, that was their specialty. It was growing and fermenting tobacco. That uh, when he came to the U.S., 
that the first couple of years were very difficult. He, in his words, it was a disaster because, you know, he didn't have the raw material that he needed to make the types of cigars that he wanted to. Eventually, he ended up in Nicaragua, and that's what allowed him to use his knowledge and to make the types of cigars that he, that he really wanted to make. The 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water is set for Saturday, August 13th at Buffalo Riverworks in the Western New York Theater of Operations. This day of Alpha Male Pleasure Maneuvers is presented by Rocky Patel Premium Cigars and includes delicious food, great libations from Jack Daniels and Hamburg Brewing, and premium cigars from Rocky Patel. Get your tickets now for the 2016 Alpha Pleasure Fest on the Water at Cigar Day. Okay, people, we've just been awarded the Brickhouse Ad Account. Now, this cigar was named Best Bargain Cigar of 2009 by Cigar Aficionado, got a 91 rating, plus it's the hottest cigar on the market. So, we need an award-winning slogan. He's a brick. How? What about it's not your grandfather's cigar? Ah, it's been done. Next. How about good to the last draw? Ah, something original, people. You deserve a brick today? Now, who are you? Do you even work here? Excuse me, sir. Am I to understand that every Brickhouse cigar is built with all the flavor and quality of the premium cigars of yesteryear? Yesteryear? Really? That's right, Bixby. But yet yeah, costs around five bucks each. Indeed. Well, sir, people don't really need a slogan. They don't? No, sir. Then what do they need? Five bucks and a comfortable chair. Five bucks and a comfortable chair, genius! Meet the perfect cigar to share with friends. Brickhouse by J.C. Newman. Handmade in Nicaragua with a fine Havana Subido wrapper. Brickhouse starts out earthy and crisp and burns well-rounded and smooth. Nothing stands the test of a good time like a Brickhouse. For more, visit BrickhouseCigars.com. The brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. For both iPhone and Android devices is finally out. If you go right now, either to the iTunes Store or the Google Play Store, search for Cigar Dave and download our brand new app. It allows you to listen to the show live on your mobile device. You can listen to all of our podcasts. The last 10 podcasts are always available. Cigar Dave Daily Briefings. Additionally, it gives you direct access within the app to our Twitter page, our Facebook page. We also have the ability for you to call the show during the show right from the app, as well as send me a text message and an email. We also put in a couple of bonus items. You can get a weather uh, uh, alert as well as an alarm clock. It is the brand-new Cigar Dave mobile app. You can listen to the Cigar Dave show anytime any place, anywhere. Go right now to the iTunes Store or Google Play Store and download the brand new Cigar Dave mobile app. Hi, this is Rocky Patel. If you're a beginner or if you just enjoy a great mild cigar like I do in the morning, I suggest you try the Vintage 99. This seven-year-old Connecticut wrapper delivers a creamy, mild, smooth flavor. It's very, very balanced on your palate and it absolutely is delightful. Tons of flavor, a perfect draw, and an incredible ash. This cigar is smooth. It will entice you to enjoying more and more of the Vintage 99s. It's just a nice, great, balanced, smooth cigar. Look for it, the oldest Connecticut shape in the market today. I'm Rocky Patel, and I promise you, nobody works harder than we do to make you a great quality cigar. 
Come visit us at RockyPatel.com. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancer and heart disease. Talking with Joseo Padron and George Padron at Padron Cigars uh, headquarters in Little Havana. George, I want to ask you, when your father came here, and if you ask your father, came here with almost no money, but he came with a lot of energy and a desire to work. And there's an important story about the hammer. And there's a hammer in the logo. You're wearing a, a polo shirt, and on the side, there's a hammer that says, Established 1964. Tell us the significance of El Martillo, the hammer. Eh, él dice que, que cuando tú viniste trabajaste muy duro y que hay un símbolo de la compañía que es el martillo que le, que le explique qué es lo que significa el martillo. Bueno, yo trabajaba por la mañana en jardinería y por la noche en remodelar oficina y peluquería. Para por la noche yo no tenía más que, no tenía equipo. Y me regalaron un martillito que era para... La, la, terminado, trabajo determinado. Trabajo, trabajo de, de fino, trabajo fino. Y ese martillito me ayudó mucho. When he first started working in Miami, the work that he was doing was yard work. I mean, they had, he, he was able to uh, help get, ask a friend to lend them money to buy a lawnmower. And they, he eventually bought a few of them and he started hiring some people to work with him. And they, that's what he did during the day. And then at night, he would moonlight doing carpentry work. Now, obviously, he didn't have a lot of equipment. Uh, most of the work that he did was finished carpentry. You know, uh, I don't know if you remember back in those days, there was a lot of paneling work that was done for divisions in the, in the offices as well as homes. And that was the type of work that he did. And he used this uh, hammer a lot to do this type of work. It, wasn't there some part of the story where a friend gave him the hammer to use and, and, and said something along with that? Sí, que la parte también de cómo te entregaron el martillo, la, la historia de cómo... Ah, porque cuando yo iba a buscar comida del, refugio. De, del refugio, ahí había un amigo mío que me dice, estás haciendo trabajo de carpintería. Le digo, sí, te voy a regalar un martillo. Y me regaló el martillo. When he would go to, I mean, part of the story also is that the, a lot of the Cubans or all of the Cubans that came from Cuba immigrating uh, were benefited from the U.S. government giving them an assistance program that would give them basic need, you know, basic stuff for them, including money and other, other things, soap, you know, whatever. A friend of his that worked in that office gave him, you know, realized him and, and knew that he liked carpentry, so he's the one that gave him the hammer. My dad obviously felt, you know, very uncomfortable going in there to take this money, knowing that he was young and energetic, he had the strength to, to work. So he ex expressed that to him, and the guy, as a symbolic gesture, gave him this hammer because he knew the, the, that he liked carpentry. During that time, George, was while your dad was doing carpentry work uh, during the day, or lawn mowing during the day, carpentry at night, did he still have in the back of his mind something to do with cigars? Was that, was that idea burning in the back of his head? Eh, dice que en, en estos años, al principio, cuando tú eh, estabas haciendo estos trabajos de jardinería y de carpintería, ya tú en tu mente tenías una idea que querías abrir una fábrica de tabaco. 
Mira, en marzo 29 de 64, puse yo la luz. Me costó 50 dólares, que había alquilado un, el local. Dice, en marzo 29 de 1964, Mientras estaba eso ahí, porque en aquella época te daban el, el sí. permiso, si tenía el local con un plano, y esperara que te dieran el right. local. The, the problem that he had at that time was that, number one, he didn't have money. But to further complicate the situation, in order to get a permit to manufacture cigars, you needed to demonstrate that you had a space and you had a, a space to actually make the cigars in. So, unfortunately for him, not having the money, he ended up having to pay rent and electricity and all these expenses to demonstrate that he had the capacity to manufacture and wait for the permit to come in before he could actually start generating any business. De que yo pedí permiso, que fue que abrí eso en marzo 29, me dieron el permiso en agosto 20. He didn't, he ended up starting to pay these expenses in March, on March 29th, he didn't actually get his permit till August 20th. Wow. So you're talking about four or five months. Well, about five months. Five months? Yeah. Five months until he could yeah, actually... Yeah, yeah, he's paying $62 in rent a month. He was losing money for five months, funding it by doing lawn, more, lawn work during the day, cutting lawns, and then the, the carpentry at night, again, paying. So... That's nothing more than hard work. So the company was knowing, losing money for the first five months. And not knowing, and not knowing, which is, the, which is the greatest thing here, which is goes back to the determination, the perseverance of understanding that you are paying for something, which is your dream to make these products, but you're not sure. Number one, you don't have the money. Number two, you're not certain of when you will get the the, the permit to do it. So, I mean, I think it, it you have to put yourself in that situation and try to, you know, remove yourself, like I've done a lot in the last 20 years to appreciate what I have now. I say, could you imagine if that would have been me, you know, back 50 years ago without any money, not understanding the language, coming from a different country, you know, not knowing what's going to happen, paying for something that you don't know if you're going to get anything in return for. I mean, obviously it takes a lot of determination and will to, to persevere, to, to continue wasn't so easy back then. And when you think about it, he was still working two jobs every day while funding the rent, the power, not knowing. And so really, he was already losing money on the cigar uh, venture before he even, you know, could get the permit. Así que estaba perdiendo dinero sin haber ganado. No, no. Me decía que ganaba 70 pesos y pagaba alquiler. Pagaba alquiler hasta que mi suegro, el abuelo de él, me veía. Oh, because he went to, which is another side story to this whole, during this time, he actually went to a bank here in Miami to request a loan, and he was rejected. And you know what he like, Toria, he says to the bank official at the time, he says, you know, when the guy rejected him and told him, ¿Cuánto era el préstamo que estaba pidiendo? He was asking for a $6,000 loan. And when they rejected him, He said to the guy, he goes, I want to thank you for this lesson. 
because I walked in here, I walked in here expecting to leave in a car and I'm going to have to leave walking. So, you know what? It's a lesson for me. And from that day forward, my father has never asked a bank for a dime. So and I'm sure many banks come in here would love to do business with you. We would love to loan you money. And uh, as my grandfather would always tell me, um, whenever you need the money, the, the banks are never around. But when you don't need the money, all the banks line up. Dice que, que su abuelo siempre le decía que cuando uno necesita dinero, los bancos no aparecen. Pero cuando uno no le hace falta dinero, todo okay, va Eso me pasó a mí, me ofrecía sí. lo que tú quieras. Yeah, Aquí yo quiero, ya ellos estaban a Bruno, querían. He says that after that. All the banks came to offer him money, and he was so angry, he just said, forget it, I don't need your money now. I'm sure he said more than that. <laughs> Download the Cigar Dave mobile app for Android, Kindle, and iOS so you can listen to The General anytime, anywhere. The Cigar Dave mobile app is presented by Diamond Crown. Search Cigar Dave in the App Store today. Alpha is a big event taking place in the Buffalo Theater of Operations, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. It is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, one of the great events of the year at the Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo. This is an all-inclusive VIP ticketed event. From the time you walk in into the time you leave, you will enjoy great cigars, including six premium Rocky Patel cigars, including the new Rocky Patel 55th making its worldwide debut. We'll have a full Alpha Lunch Buffet, including Salem Smokehouse Buffalo Dogs, a carnivore carving station, paella with meat and seafood. It's going to be fantastic. You will have drinks, including five different craft beers from Hamburg Brewing. We will have samples of Woodford Reserve, Old Forster, Jack Daniels. You'll get a commemorative gift. Go to CigarDave.com. Get your tickets now. The Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest on the water, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks in Buffalo. We will see you there. Enjoy the latest and greatest cigars shipped directly to you. Join the Cigar Dave Officers Club now, and you'll receive three premium cigars every month. Membership is just $22.95, including shipping and handling. Join by going to CigarDave.com now. That's CigarDave.com. Click on Officers Club. Talking with George Padron and Joseo Padron, the patriarch, the founder of Padron Cigars. So for five months, your father's paying rent. He is paying the power bill for a facility he cannot use, waiting for the federal government. And by the way, don't think it's a facility. Like It's not like a facility. It was a small, small place. Yeah, this is a small space. It's not like a big place. So. so you're waiting. Finally, in August of 1964, what happens? In August, when they have permission, what happens? Pues lo que pasa es que yo voy a Tampa y me consigo una libre de tabaco y empiezo a hacer 200 tabacos diarios con un tabaquero. He goes to Tampa and he finds tobacco. He not went to, to Tampa. Yeah, but mm -hmm. he didn't. And I'm not, you know, he's Oliva, not, Oliva. 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 So, so your relationship with, uh, it must have been Angel Oliva. Imagine. 
On Hell Oliva, going back. So 1964, you go to Tampa, you go see uh, Angel Oliva, the Oliva tobacco family, which still are around today, and I, I, I'm, I'm sure you still have the great relationship with them. And what did you say to Angel? Que cuando fuiste a Tampa y hablaste con Ángel, que él le dijo... Sí, me, me, me dábamos crédito, un crédito ahí por unos días. Pero el que más me ayudó es un señor de Villadelfia, Estrao. So, espérate, porque acuérdate que él es de Tampa, entonces... Okay. So, Angel, the Oliva, Angel Oliva ended up selling him tobacco on credit, which obviously he needed at the time because he didn't have the money to pay. So, obviously, he, he, they did that and he paid. Uh, but he also had help from another gentleman from Philadelphia named, ¿cómo se llama? Strau. Last name by the name Strauss. Ese hombre me ayudó mucho. That, he, that gentleman helped him a lot in those days. ¿Qué es lo que tú le comprabas a él? La capa madura que aquí no nadie la fumaba. Que, he says that in those days, nobody in those days smoked Maduro, right? Okay, in the 60s. And he was able to obtain tobacco from Strauss at 70 cents a pound. Live pound. 70 cents a pound. Uh -huh. now, uh, and think about this for a second. It's like Connecticut Broadleaf. 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 Connecticut Broadleaf. La mejor del mundo. He says the best Limpia. Broadleaf in the world. If you could get that today, would you pay 70 cents a pound, George? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's what, probably now about 35, 40, I, yeah, maybe I, even I, more I, a pound. I don't know, but it's definitely... A lot more. Know, oh, it's much, much more. When you think about it, because I know the, the Olivas very well, John and Janito Oliva are very, very longtime friends, good friends, and they've told me one very interesting thing, because they've worked with many cigar families, the Padrones, the Newmans, who you know very well. Él está hablando de, de Johnny y de los Oliva, que él los conoce muy bien, y que siempre le han dicho una cosa. No sé. And they've told me that they have never operated using a contract. It's always a handshake. And Angel, I'm sure, back at the time, looked at your father, said, I, I, I like what he's doing. I believe in him on a handshake. And your dad paid him back. And I'm sure they had a long relationship. Dice que, que ellos siempre le han explicado a él en, en lidiando con gente de tabaco que no, siempre han operado sin contrato. Que él se imagina que Ángel y tú nunca firmaron no, ningún no. contrato que fue... Eran libres porque después que ya yo me descubrí a Nicaragua, ya no tuve un hermano. Yeah, he says that it wasn't, the relationship with Oliva wasn't a long one, but that, but that he did buy tobacco from them, not large quantities, obviously. But it got him going. Yeah, but it got, it got, it got him going, and then later he eventually went to Nicaragua, which is where he started... And we'll get to that. So, George, let's pick it up there. So, he gets the tobacco from Strauss in Pennsylvania, the Broadleaf. Right. He gets some tobacco from the Olivas in Tampa, Angel Oliva. Takes the tobacco, and then that's when he began rolling cigars in, in what month of 1964. Okay, he was using tobacco from different countries. And eh, eh, it was no, not the type of cigar that he wanted. He didn't feel comfortable with the blend that he was putting out. 
So, so the first blend came out when he started selling, making cigars was what? September, October of 1964? Yeah, the 8th of September was the first time he sold any cigar, the first day of sale. So September 8th, 1964, the first cigar is sold. The first dollar comes into Padron Cigars. Ask your father about what type of cigar it was and where did he sell that cigar? Ese tabaco que tú sacaste en septiembre de 64, ¿qué, lo, ¿qué tipo de tabaco? Eh, mira, nadie en Miami, habíamos cuatro o seis fabriquitas, nadie usaba, nadie hacía la fuma. Todo el mundo hacíamos cazador. El cazador en Cuba era un tabaco de, de cabeza oblicuo. Así se empezó a hacer aquí. Oblicuo, estás hablando de mazo. Mazo, un mazo, sí, era así. No era redondo. Triángulo. Triángulo. Yo empecé en la bodega por la noche a llevar el tabaco. It says that in those days, there were about, only about four or five factories here in Miami. In those days, the cigar that most people would sell was a cazador. Cazador. Cazador was a, a, round, a head, you know, a cigar with a round head that uh, was sold in bundles of 25 cigars. Pero había aquí un, el primer individuo que me compró un mazo de tabaco se llamaba Bernardo Conif. The, the first person to buy a bundle of cigars from him el día 8 de septiembre and on the 8th of September was a gentleman los primeros tabacos que se hicieron él lo compró. It was a gentleman by the name of Bernardo Conif. Bernardo Conif, he still remembers the name of who he sold he the, the first, first bundle. He was the first customer, the first person to buy a bundle. How much was the bundle at the time, if, he, if your dad remembers? Six dollars. Six dollars for 25 cigars. <laughs> <laughs> that, that is interesting. And, and so, out of the six dollars, did your father make money on the six dollars? Yes, you do an dinero con seis dollars. Sí, porque yo no pagaba aquí, no pagaba comisión ni nada, y lo vendía. Y es... that he would, you know, in those days he didn't have to pay any commissions, it was just him, you know, sort of like... Directo. He was, the, he was the employee, salesperson, head roller, everything. That's right, bueno. that's exactly it. Entonces, cuando hice, ah, un día voy a la tienda porque yo vendí el tabaco de noche. So he, he would sell the cigars at night. Still working, doing lawns, and then doing carpentry work is at night here and there. He he was the salesman. Entonces llego a un comercio que había dejado un mazo de tabaco quince días y nada más que le habían sacado un tabaco. So he in, he he ends up going to one of these uh, establishments that he had sold a bundle to, and fifteen days earlier. And he goes in and he sees that the bundle is still on the shelf without even one cigar being taken from it. Había otra marca aquí que era Moro que vendía en los grupos de tabaco, 100 tabacos, 200 tabacos a la vez. That there was another company here called Moro. Moro cigars. Moro, Moro cigars. That was. Estaba matando la gente. No, yo no podía competir. Killing him. I mean, you know, a guy, for every bundle that my dad would sell, that guy would sell 20 bundles. Bueno. Cada mazo que tú vendías, vendía 20. Ah, 20, 30. Entonces llegó a un comercio y veo que nada más que le han sacado un tabaco más. Coño, se me cayó el corazón. Dije, no puedo seguir, pero bueno. So he, he goes to the store and he sees that the bundle that he had sold two weeks prior is only one cigar been sold from that bundle. It was aging. So he looks at it and he's like, 
his, 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 fifteen days. Fifteen days, one cigar. He looks at it. He goes, "His my heart was broken." I mean, I'm like, "What's going on here?" I mean, I can't believe I've only sold one cigar out of twenty-five. So he bought back the bundle from the customer. Llegué a la fábrica y me senté y me recuerdo de Conif. Cada vez que Conif llegaba a la tienda a la barba, me decía, ¿te recuerdas de la fuma aquella que se hacía en Cuba? He gets this bundle that he had sold and was there sitting for two weeks, buys it back, comes back to the factory, sits down and starts to think about what the hell could be wrong. Porque tú encendiste tabaco... So he, he tasted the cigar, he realized the cigar was good, it was a, it tasted good, it wasn't a problem in terms of flavor or construction. He starts to remember this one customer, Bernardo Conif, who was his original first customer, that every time he would come in to buy that bundle of cigars, he would always tell him, when are you going to make a Fuma? Okay, a Fuma was a different cigar than the one that was being that we that existed in the marketplace at that time. The Fuma was basically was, was what the cigar rollers in Cuba <coughs> would take as part of their. That's what they would smoke, and basically it was a cigar that didn't have a finished head on it. It just had like a curly head. And this gentleman w was always asking for my father for that cigar, but my father never did it. So when he's Llegué. now, on this day, he's there thinking about this, and he, that came to mind. Llegué a la fábrica, me senté ahí de noche, a las 12 de la noche. Oye, no tengo papeles para fuma. Lo que tengo de cazador y con un... Eh, me pongo a pensar y me acordé de él. Al otro día, por la mañana, le digo al tabaquero que tenía uno. Se llamaba Jiménez. Hazme este, este tabaco una pulgada más y déjame un rabito. This is like 12 o'clock at night now, right? And he's in the factory there, busting his head, trying to figure out what the hell to do. And he remembers this gentleman, his request. He, he comes into the office the next day, and he talks to his roller. His name was Jimenez. And he says, listen, make this cigar an inch longer, and don't finish the head. Leave it as a curly head. ya le dijiste que hiciera el tabaco. ¿Cuándo fue lo del cambio de cazadura fuma? No, espérate. Ya después que él me tiene... El, los 50 tabaco. Ellos. Llamé a Bernardo. El mostrador mío era así. A ver, diga qué va. Lo tenía guardado y para cuando él llegara. Explícale. He, he comes in the next day and he talks to the roller. He says, make me the 50 cigars an inch longer with the head. And then he, once he had them finished, my dad says he had a, his counter was basically like a little counter that was about two feet wide. And underneath that counter, you know, where he would sell the cigars from for the people that would walk in. He had a little, a little space underneath the counter. So he put the 50 cigars there, and he waited for this gentleman to come and see the cigars. Llamé a Bernardo. Bernardo, ven acá. Se para ahí. Yo tengo algo aquí. Eso es lo que yo quería. Digo, lo estaba quiero, pero tenía que... Lo podía agarrar con la mano. Sigue haciendo esto. So he waits for Bernardo to come in. And he says, no, I have a surprise for you. So he takes out the bundle. And as he takes it out, Bernardo explodes. Like, that's exactly what I want. <laughs> and my dad, at that moment, when he saw that reaction, he turned over to his roller, who was like literally two feet away from him, and says, don't make any more cazadores. Make them all fumas. All fumas. So now he has another problem, and that's that he doesn't have the paper. 
Those cigars were sold in bundles. Right. And the bundle had to be covered in a paper. In a paper. You wrapped the right. drone and it said Casadores on the side. But he didn't have the paper that said Fuma. Right? And, 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 oh, and the way that the cazador was sold, right? You have it like this. And, and I'm describing this. It, it's basically circular around the cigars, and, and then, then the bottom, it's flat. No, bottom and top. You could not see the cigar. You couldn't see the cigar. The way that the cigar was wrapped, it was wrapped completely. The whole bundle of 25 cigars was wrapped, so you wouldn't see what's inside the bundle. Now he has two problems. Because now the new cigar is a different cigar that doesn't is not called a cazador so he doesn't have the paper but in addition to that he also has a problem because you don't want to cover that little that head you want people sure. to see that it's different right so he has to figure <laughs> out so he got a, a sharpie. He he, well, he he got the paper of casa out. He folded it to be able to allow to wrap the, and see the other cigar. And then he scratched off the cazador <laughs> and he put fuma on it with a black marker. And that's how the first bundles of fuma. So that was how the fuma came about, and that's and eventually and that is the cigar that that propelled him. <laughs> From, from where he was to, to be able to grow the company. The July selection for the Cigar Dave Officers Club is a Cornelius and Anthony sampler, including Cornelius. The Cornelius blend has a layered complexity with notes of both sweetness and spice. Cornelius by Cornelius and Anthony is a medium-bodied cigar with an Ecuadorian wrapper, Ecuadorian Habano binder, and Nicaraguan fillers. It's easy to join the Officers Club to have these cigars shipped directly to you. Just log on to CigarDave.com. In 1964, Jose O. Padron began rolling cigars bearing his name in modest surroundings with one guiding principle, always focus on quality, never on quantity. Nearly 40 years later, Padron cigars are recognized for their superior taste and majestic construction. The result of Padron controlling all aspects of the cigar making process, including planting their own seeds, growing and curing their own tobacco, and constantly supervising the rolling room. To Wall Street, it is called vertical integration. To the Padron family, it's called making great cigars. The Padron lines include the Padron 1964 Anniversary Series and the Padron Traditional line. All Padron cigars are wrapped in Nicaraguan sun-grown Habano tobacco, available in natural or maduro. Experience Padron. For your Padron retailer, call 1-800-453-5635. When Padron is on the band, quality is a matter of family honor. Surgeon General Warning. Tobacco use increases the risk of infertility, stillbirth, and low birth weight. In the fertile fields of the Connecticut River Valley, there is still one cigar brand who grows their own Connecticut shade wrappers, Monte Cristo. Prized for its unique silky texture, this exquisite tobacco has now been used to craft a cigar worthy of its name, the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut. Building on the legacy of the beloved Monte Cristo White Series, this excellent medium to full-bodied cigar is rich, flavorful, and complex. Crafted with only the finest vintage 2008 wrapper leaves, 
the Monte Cristo White Vintage Connecticut cigar has subtle notes of spices, vanilla, and hazelnuts. Packaged in a gorgeous handcrafted box, these exceptional cigars are available now at your local tobacconist. Pick up a Monte Cristo White Vintage today and experience the spirit of the valley. Surgeon General Warning. Cigar smoking can cause cancers of the mouth and throat, even if you do not inhale. George Padron at Padron Cigars uh, headquarters in Little Havana. So the Cazador sells a bundle of 25. 20. Only one, or, one is sold. He takes it back, figures out why is this not selling. Then one of the other customers tells him, here's what I want you to do. I want a little bit longer. I want you to have a curly head. We're going to make it a Fuma. And then your father takes a Sharpie, scratches off, re shows the, uh, re repackages it, but shows the head. And then the cigars started flying off the shelves. Well, no, and then explíquele qué pasa después. Ahora empieza a vender ese producto. Y empieza la gente a imitarme. Then he Los puts it out. Cazadores de la otra gente se So he starts killing the competition. Se acabaron. Cazadores are dead. Remember, that's the only product that's in the marketplace, cazadores. And now he comes out with this Fuma, and everybody wants the Fuma. So his competitors now start noticing and they start making changes. Entonces, yo iba a los comercios y cuando llego a un comercio que es en la calle 8, en la calle 7, se llama la Ferrolana, hago así, miro, ah, porque el viejo ese que tenía la otra fábrica, Moro, llamó al vendedor y le dijo, ¿por qué no se venden los cazadores? Ah, porque Padrón ha sacado una fuma so what happens is that his, the, big, the big competitor in Morro, that was the one that was killing everybody in the sales, eventually his sales of Casadores start to decline. So he asks his salesman, what, what's wrong with the Casadores? Why aren't we selling Casadores? And the salesman tells him, no, because Padron has come out with this Fuma that's killing everybody in the market. And that was... ¿Qué es lo que pasa después que él le dice eso? So he asked his salesman, and I'll tell you how we know all this afterwards, but anyway, he... So he, he asked his salesman, this is competitor, to bring him one of our bundles of Fumas so he could see it. The guy goes, brings him a bundle, he looks at it, and then he goes to his rollers and he said, make me this same cigar, but an inch longer. So he tells him to make the Fuma, like ours, but an inch longer. Llego a este y veo que y digo, coño, me jodió este hombre. Le digo, déjame ver el mazo. Me lo enseña y era 31 centavos y la mía valía 30. So Cuando he, lo vi con 31, dije, me salvé, coño. So he, um, he, he proceeds to put the product out to the market an inch bigger. And one day my dad goes into this store and he looks at the bundle of, of these people and he looks at it next to our bundle and he says, it's a bigger cigar. And, um, he says that our Fuma looked like a little midget next to their Fuma. But then he asked the attendant to give him a bundle. He wants to look at it. When he sees it, he realizes that they priced it at 31 cents a cigar 
and ours sold for 30 cents. And he goes, that one cent saved us. Made the difference. Made the difference because people in those days were looking at every single penny. He goes, when he saw that it was 31 cents, he goes, I'm set. There's no way I can I can lose here. And that's eventually what happened. And so because he kept it at 30 cents a cigar. And because the other guy put it at 31. 31 that was the difference. Absolutely. One penny. Yes. Which is hard to believe. And that was, but, that was it. But we're talking 1960s. You know, it's a different era. Right. You know, you okay, so era así. Un kilo era bastante. Coño, eso era 25, 30 centavos. Mira. Porque un mazo representa... Coño. El problema era que podía mantener eso porque era picadura lo que más llevaba él. Yeah, that cigar was not a long filler cigar. It had short filler. Para la otra línea. So, which cigar? Yours? The Fuma. The Fuma. Yeah, yeah, the Fuma. Okay, so it was a sandwich cigar. It was a sandwich, but it had probably about 70% long filler and 30% short filler. And so that cigar, then at that point, orders start exploding? Sí, que en ese momento ya la Fuma se disparó. Ah, yeah, 6,000 Fuma, 6,000, 6,000 diaria. Yeah, the Fumas took off. And, and it was because one customer... Yeah, the only cigar that was selling was our Fuma. And think about that. The the one, the, the retailer, the person that was selling it, came to you and said, this is what I want. Your father no, listened... It was a retailer. It was a consumer. Oh, consumer. Yes, a consumer yes, did that. Yes, we didn't sell to retailers. We sold... Most in those days, we sold first. We sold to anybody that would buy. Right. So let's start with that. But, but I'm saying they would. You know, it was consumers, and it was some local Cuban establishments that had opened up from from because of all the immigrants that were coming at the time. There were cafeterias popping right. up. You know, those and bodegas, of, little bodegas, places little, like that. Little supermarkets, and, and they were selling mom and pop places that right. were opening up. And those were the places where all the Cubans would go to drink their coffee, to buy their cigars, to you know buy all the stuff like that. That's what. And, and so your dad took consumer research, the first consumer research, by just a customer saying, "Do this and do this." Your father did it, and the rest, I guess we say, is history. Well, that is the first of three hours with the Padrones, and the story is fascinating. It is indeed compelling, and we hope that uh, you stick around because for the next few weeks, we will get to enjoy their great story. Don't forget Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest coming up soon in Buffalo. It is Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m. Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, as we launch the new Rocky Patel 55, a day of great cigars, delicacies, spirit samplings, great camaraderie, Tickets and info, CigarDave.com. That is the Cigar Dave Alpha Pleasure Fest, Saturday, August 13th, 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., Buffalo Riverworks, downtown Buffalo, CigarDave.com. Cigar Dave, the general saying, Mayor Humidor, always be full. Mayor Cutter, always be sharp. Mayor Ashby, extra, extra long. Semper Delicate Show, always pleasure. Long live the Alpha. Make America great again.